I V M. You're listening to a special edition of Pesa Vesa featuring Mr. Kostu Belapurkar, Director of Fund Research at Morningstar. In the third part of the series, Kostu talks to Anupam about the value of investment advice, the cost of investments and what it takes to trust your own judgment. Folks, welcome back to Pesa Vesa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta. I'm B50 on Twitter and this is the third of our three-part special series of investment advice with Kostu Belapurkar who is the director of fund research at Morningstar. In the first of our three-part series, we spoke about specific advice for people across the age bracket, people who are young, people who are in their mid-careers and people who are retiring. In the second part, we spoke specifically about mutual funds, equity mutual funds, debt mutual funds, gold mutual funds. We spoke about large cap mid cap lot of stuff go back and listen to these two parts in this third and final in our series we are going to talk about the value of investment advice i know a lot of you guys are pretty smart out there and you know which stock to buy which mutual fund to buy but okay you know that's all great but i think that um this is a very important question because the cost of investments whether it's through a mutual fund or you know whatever it is there is a certain cost to it and we're going to talk about whether you should trust your what it takes to trust your own judgment what's called direct investment or should you go through a financial advisor so and folks just a small note we are talking only about mutual funds out here okay i'm not going to go into insurance and stuff like that because that's a totally different topic we're going to talk about investing in mutual funds could be debt could be equity and whether you should do it on your own or whether you should do it through a financial advisor so kosu welcome back to the show tell me about this direct investment or financial advisor okay what do both of them really involve and then we'll get into costs of both okay sure. all yours so thanks anupam for having me over sure. again thank you uh, so i think that's a question that every investor needs to ask himself or herself mm-hmm. a do i have the knowledge mm-hmm. b do i have the time hmm. I think these are two important questions that you need to address mm-hmm. before you think about should I go to a financial advisor or do it myself. Okay. I'm not saying a do it yourself approach is bad, mm-hmm. but you need to acknowledge that if you cannot devote enough time yes. and you don't have the understanding, yeah. you're actually going to end up harming yourself yeah. or your your portfolio. So take that call and if you think you cannot do this, which a lot of people don't understand you know yeah. we spoke about what kind of different mutual funds mm. how should i decide my asset allocation yeah. a lot of people don't have the understanding or yeah. the time for it and they're not easy topics these are these are not easy they topics are not easy topics at all yeah so that's where i think going to a financial doctor mm-hmm. you know as, mm. as they like to call it yeah. is is a pretty useful engagement to have sure so if you can you know because they will they help you understand your risk mm-hmm. they'll ask you questions as a third person mm-hmm. try to understand what's really your risk profile mm-hmm. and you know we've seen this that you know someone may say i'm a i'm a risk loving investor i can yeah. take risk yeah. but tomorrow if you know you tell him that look you could lose 10% in this portfolio he's like i don't want it yeah, yeah, yeah. so you may <laughs> think something about yourself but mm. you're actually not mm. and that that's where an outsider hmm. who's actually looking at it very objectively yeah. you're, you're understanding your investment time horizon your risks your expectations hmm. can help you construct a portfolio yeah. i mean that's really the starting point right yeah. so you decide what you want to do mm-hmm. in terms of your portfolio you then which drives the asset allocation that we spoke about sure and after that comes down to drilling down to what fund should be there yeah. i mean there is a plethora of funds there are and it's 
honestly, it's confusing for every person in the yeah, street. You know, yeah. eight hundred to thousand funds. Yeah. How do you really choose yeah. which asset manager, which kind of fund mm. within each manager? Also, which mm. you know, if we got a couple of funds here and there. How do you really choose that? Mm. I think that's where a financial advisor can be of great use. Okay. There are two types, right? I mean, there's a restricted. I mean, what what's what's that about? What what are the two types of investment advisors out there? Sure. So I, I think what Sebi is trying to do is uh, bring in objectivity to the entire investment decision making process. Okay. So what they've said is uh, there's something what you call a distributor, yeah, who works purely on commission which he makes from the mutual fund house. Right. Okay. And he needs to disclose upfront that okay, you know, I'm going to be getting. XYZ sort yeah. of commission yeah. because you know it's it could be a conflict of interest right yes. where he may choose not to give you the best product that's right but actually give you something which makes him the most amount of money of course so that's yeah. that's something you need to be careful about yeah. so that's the distributor uh, variant what of what service does he offer he makes my life easier by you know by 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 by, by helping me open an account or how how does that work yes. so what he does i mean right now uh, and l- let me articulate that sebi is still looking at a clear distinction between the two and they haven't okay. done that right now distributors also give advice okay okay, okay. Uh, but obviously sebi is looking to do away with any form of advice and they've, they've right. recently again amended a uh, paper around that okay. but as of now a distributor would do everything okay so he would give you advice what funds to buy understand mm. your risk profile and also populate the funds help you with executing transaction and tracking your portfolio but the main difference is i don't pay him a single rupee he yes. gets his money from the dist- uh, from the amc from the amc okay but like i said it's important to understand that uh, he is earning money from the amc so you have to always be on top of your portfolio. Yeah. That's important. That's important. So you need to ask him. Okay, who's paying your bills? You know, is it the AMC or are you or are you paying uh, the fees? Go right. on, yeah. please. And the second class, which you know, which has very recently been adopted by SEBI, yeah. is called the registered investment advisor. Okay, the or the RIs as they're called. Yeah. So they essentially do not get any fees from the asset manager. Right. They're supposed to charge the investor for the advice they're giving. I think this is a concept is yet to catch up for a bunch of reasons. One yeah. is, like you rightly said, the investor does not pay anything to the distributor, yeah. while actually from the back end he is getting charged, yeah. but he doesn't see it optically, yes. so he doesn't mind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for an RIA to go and ask, you know, for a fees. client that for fees, mm. it becomes a little bit of a sticky point because mm. they've been used to that model where yeah. they don't really pay anything upfront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that will change, and we've seen that in the evolved, you know, developed economies yeah. where people actually move to an RIA model. Mm. It'll slowly happen mm. because it takes away that conflict of interest which could potentially exist. Sure. So in, in an RIA model, he gets you into a direct plan. Correct. So there's a regular plan, the yeah. distributor plan, and yeah. there's a direct plan. Yeah. Now the direct plan can be cheaper anywhere between 20 basis points if it's a debt fund mm-hmm. all the way up to a percent hmm. for some of the equity funds. Okay. So that's a percent saved every year if you get into an equity fund. And if fund. you're doing 25 years, that's 25% of your profits that could easily get chunked. That, that, that's, that's a big cost. Okay, go on. Yeah. So that's that's really you know the decision that you need to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few things that you would probably want to look out mm-hmm. for in terms of an advisor, clearly understand his creds. Yeah. If he comes through a reference, nothing like it, because then you know Always someone's best. already worked with him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you're going out searching, you know, try to understand his credentials. Yeah. Always be on top of your own portfolio. Yeah. So it, obviously they will give you advice, yeah. and you know the right advice, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But do not be ignorant. Yeah. You need to finally it's, it's buyer beware. Mm. So you need to be on top. You need to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. So while he's doing all the legwork for you, you yeah. need to you know question him on on things that you know he or she are doing. Sure. Um, 
so what would be the two or three things that should look out for let's you know when i when when i'm going to choose an advisor and let's say that i'm going to go for an, for an ria okay mm-hmm. because the distributor i don't know you know i'm just thinking that he's selling me whatever he wants to sell so what should be two three things that i should look out for in a ria in a registered investment advisor what you know ideally what should the guy be like so ideally uh, reasonable experience in uh, you know managing money for his investors yeah. so you kind of just you know I mean it's publicly available information yeah. find yeah. out his background his mm-hmm. pedigree mm-hmm. years of experience mm-hmm. experience always helps because guys who've seen different market cycles can actually give you better tuned advice sure. as supposed to someone who's just come in the market right now and yeah. understands the theory but might not have actually seen a real life case mm-hmm. because it's not just about understanding the markets it's also yeah. about handholding the investors through those markets yes. and the more experienced ones can actually do a great job of that yeah, yeah. so i think that's very important that you need to look for yeah uh, obviously fees becomes something that but that's you know that's the value proposition that the invite any right. norms norms are there from sebi for the fees or they can charge whatever no, they, they want. can charge what they want okay. it's obviously dependent on the value that the advisor perceives he's giving and the investor okay. readiness to pay where is it at? is it at a percentage of aum or is it a flat fee or it's, that again depends on it's a bunch of models okay so some charge like a startup cost okay and a very small aum base fee okay. and some kind of do it you know on an aum year on year so okay. the, the, like i said it's still an evolving model but yes whatever suits you you can uh, you can work with uh, the other thing that you need to uh, sort of uh, look at for advisors is the tracking and the portfolio tools that he's giving you i think okay. that's very important okay how do you does he have an app to access or a website sure. sort of thing to give you access to your portfolio because mm-hmm. that kind of gives you comfort on you know what's really happening with their portfolio yeah. so i think these are the few things that you would want to look at okay. obviously the primary uh, thing would be quality of advice yeah. sometimes it is a little nebulous <laughs> how do you decide that yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know sometimes you have to take a call on you have to, yeah, you yeah. feel it on your own yes. do you think good advice is worth paying for definitely so yeah. so uh, like we were saying that you know if you you're doing away with 1% of fees every year hmm. for products which probably want the best for you to start with yeah you're you're getting into the products that you need because what's important to understand is that an advisor knows that if he doesn't add value he's mm. not going to get the fees mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not linked to a product sale mm. so if you can get that great advisor who's doing what's right for you mm. i wouldn't mind paying back yeah, you know yeah, yeah. maybe not that entire percent but uh, you know fairly large proportion of that. kind of reminds me how a lot of people do fitness advice right because they they do x diet y diet z diet and then just uh, scrap the whole thing or they do you know <laughs> running on the treadmill and stuff like that but i think that a professional who's really good at what he does and if he offers a service i think you should pay for that Absolutely. i think that that's that's good advice so talking of great advice let's now uh, you know we are towards the end of our series tell us about morning star the company globally the company in india what ex- what exactly does it do its website its products and how can listeners really make the best of your products because i know that there's a whole lot of stuff on your website okay and i think there are models also is there any paid and free stuff whatever it is so if i'm someone who wants to research mutual funds and if i come on your website let's just you know let's just speak about that what sure. exactly morningstar does in india what are its offerings and how can listeners reach out to you sure. go ahead sure so morningstar just to give you a background about the company sure. where you know in 1984 was when the company was established in chicago in the us okay by a founder joe mansueto okay started off as a mutual fund data aggregator right and then very quickly realized that he could take it up a notch and uh, you know start offering ratings on mutual funds sure those were quant based ratings hmm. or you know what we call our star ratings which mm-hmm. are very popular across the globe even yeah. in india hmm. which give you a perspective of how a fund has done yeah. on a historical basis yeah versus its peer group. Yeah. So you want to compare large caps it will give you a star rating and similarly for other categories. Right. 
and now obviously the company has grown. We're in 27 countries. We've mm-hmm. been in India for the last nine years. Mm-hmm. And in many geographies, we offer not just mutual fund research, but we offer equity research, okay. credit ratings. Okay. We also construct indices. Wow. Okay. And obviously data is the backbone of everything that we do. It is. Uh, in terms of how do we really you know, uh, work in India? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I said, we've been here for quite a long time now. Yes. Uh, we started off working with you know, the institutional piece, uh, you know, the banks and the wealth managers, mm-hmm. you know, providing them our research and uh, data. Uh, now we've kind of branched out to what we call the independent financial advisor community. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, obviously, like we said, we're an unbiased researcher. Yeah. Investors being at the heart of everything we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, you know, when investors win, everyone mm. wins is what we say yes. in all our presentations. So, mm. Investors, clearly we find the end investor hmm. is whom we want to serve through all these models. Sure. So the institutional investor is finally uh, looking at investors. Hmm. The IFA is serving investors. Yeah. And we also have a retail website okay. which investors can go okay. and access a lot of information, our ratings, mm-hmm. about what Morningstar is doing. That Morningstar.in. That Morningstar.in, that's right. Okay. Sure. Uh, where you can get data on funds. Mm-hmm. You can get, like I said, the backward-looking ratings, yeah. which we think is a great starting point for investors when you want to look at certain fund categories okay. to shortlist funds. Sure. And, you know, the, as the standard caveat goes that past returns <laughs> may or may not be yeah, repeated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we believe it's a fairly robust rating system mm-hmm. uh, on long-term risk-adjusted returns, mm-hmm. which gives you at least a starting point, you know, yeah. because there's 800,000 funds. How do, you, how do you drill it down to a more meaningful universe? Sure. So that's what we start with. We also have a nice value-added uh, rating which is called the qualitative or the analyst rating which we put out okay it's on a smaller set of funds okay uh, but essentially what we do is we actually go and interview managers question them cross question okay. them try to understand what their philosophy of investing is wow. okay. and try to understand that is this performance that they've given right is that luck or is it skill right okay. and what are the sources of alpha for the oh, manager that's interesting okay. so you know we really put and this is again we've been doing this globally hmm. where you know this is like a forward looking outlook on the manager do okay. we think he's going to continue to do well mm-hmm. or you know is he going to fall off uh, the cliff at sure. some point sure. so that's I think that's another useful rating hmm. where investors can go and see again it's a five point scale yeah. from a negative neutral bronze silver gold hmm. which gives our conviction levels on managers so from a forward looking perspective so ideally a, a, you know a sample comparison would be uh, a fund that has been around for 10 years okay which has been doing reasonably well mm-hmm. versus a fund which is say 5 years old which has been been doing phenomenally well right so you want to just check how this performance actually measures against each other right, That's right. has the guy who's just 5 years old has he, has he actually struck upon some formula or has the guy who's 10 years old you know has he fallen off his peak performance because fund managers like cricketers like anybody they have their peak forms and good periods and bad periods okay so would that be uh, something that I can look forward for on this product absolutely that's that's exactly what it would be okay you know critically analyzing each manager sure and seeing is that performance going to be sustainable going forward or not okay Okay. Anything on stocks? Do you have stock research also? Uh, we have stock data. Okay. And we put uh, quantitative uh, stock ratings. Okay. Uh, but you know, like I said, that's that's only con based on quant parameters. But it's a, it's yeah. a useful tool to again kind of shortlist. So that's like saying that if you're looking for a company that's been doing you know good ROEs, good ROCs, Correct. available at a good valuation, that's roughly what you would find out there. That's. But the core strength, the real backbone of your research out there would be for mutual funds. That's so, right. folks, if you're you know, let's say that you want to find out what's been the best mutual fund equity mutual fund in the last 5 to 10 years go to morningstar.in check out the ratings okay morningstar ratings is actually a big deal 
what is the rating like from one star to five stars? How how, yeah, how so, does it work? So one being the the worst Lowest, performer, yeah, and five being the best. Okay, and we kind of so only the top ten percentile get a right. five star, and the bottom ten percentile get a one star. Okay, and like I said, it's over long term track records. So even if a guy's done well over the last one or two years, mm. but if he's been poor. You know, before that, mm. he's not going to be rated highly, mm. and I think that's very important that we acknowledge. Mm. In fact, maybe I'll just spend a minute talking please, about. Please, please, please. Yeah, so yeah. typically, you know, the standard methods of calculating risk-adjusted returns is yeah. you you look at standard deviation. That's right. But I think what people fail to acknowledge mm. is when you're looking at standard deviation, you're mm. looking at positives and negatives from the mean. Yeah. But if I'm an investor, yeah. I hate the negatives. Yeah, of course, yeah. I don't mind the positives. Positives, yeah. So our formula actually adjusts for that, oh, which okay. says that you, if a fund is way away from the mean on the negative surprise, hmm. he gets penalized very heavily. Ah. And on the positive, huh. there's like a marginal decreasing utility of excess positive returns. Oh. Because, you know, beyond a point, you're taking additional risk to deliver every single unit of oh, positive. Okay, that's interesting. So what it does is then it takes the more consistent performing funds and awards them yeah. vis-a-vis a fund, huh. which... Probably, if you just look at point-to-point returns, they look the same. Exactly. But the part of the returns have been very different. Where one guy has yeah, been all yeah, over the place, the yeah. other guy has been pegging it consistently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, and why it's important? Because investors will come at different points of time. Yes. No one stays for the entire period. They yes. come in on month one to month twenty yeah. or beyond that. So I think that's important to acknowledge. Folks, that's a fantastic point. Okay, and I'm going to just spend one more minute of our time out here because you want to understand this, right? You, you, it's you want to have someone who does consistently good. 10 to 12% delivered consistently over a long period of time is much better, I would say, than 15 or 18% delivered unpredictably. Okay, and I think that your ratings kind of figures that out. That's right. For uh, for people who are on the website. Okay, so that's um, that's a wrap, folks. The website is morningstar.in. You are on Twitter as what's your Twitter handle? Kaustub underscore M star. Okay, so that's K A U S T U B H underscore M S T A R. Okay, so folks, any questions, reach out to him. Do visit his website. Uh, reach out to us. We have a bunch of uh, questions from listeners that we're going to answer in the Thursday episodes. Kostov, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic uh, recording for us. Folks, I hope that was useful for you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Alba. Thank you for listening. If you have any money-related questions, you can tweet to us at IVM Podcasts or email us at pesavesa at the rate indusvox.com. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.